Welcome to Hustle Lounge. Sincere thanks to all our audience and their feedback. Your response has been so overwhelming. We hope that you're enjoying our episodes and you're gaining a lot of knowledge out of the discussions that we are having with all the hustlers on the show. In this episode of the Hustle Lounge, we are interacting with Ashwarya Gupta. He is a chartered accountant and an alumni of the Indian Institute of Management, Kolkata. Ashwarya is a digital asset researcher and his prior engagements include working with American Express, PwC and likewise. Uh, Garima, he has a very interesting team motto. His mission with his team is to make blockchain and cryptocurrency simple for everyone to understand and onboard them on this technology. Right, So very interesting and uh, he has all also received the Best Educator Under 30 Award for this and his work on the blockchain field. So Garima, uh, tell our audience what's the hustle that we are talking about today. Thanks Anurag for the lovely introduction and uh, welcome Ashwarya. The hustle that we are talking about today is time management. It just seems very, very simple, but it's surely something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with. And uh, coming from someone so young, I think this will be very, very interesting to know what is Aishwarya doing about it. So to begin with, Aishwarya, you know, in terms of time management and compartmentalization, I'm sure there are so many blogs, so many people writing about it. And, you know, uh, entrepreneurs often get criticized, you know, that oh, you're trying to do too many things. You know, you, you may lose focus on your core product. Aren't you passionate enough about it? I'm sure you've heard all of that. Um, how do you see this as lack of focus on a core product or do you see this as a benefit? So thank you uh, for inviting me to the show. So basically there are two things that you have asked for. So let's, let's uh, break it down into two things. The first thing is basically you're asking how do you prioritize or how do you do your work or how you manage it? It's pretty simple for me. I, uh, there's a, there are two things that I usually do. One is I've still, I still have a very good love for pen and paper. Uh, all the tasks that I have to do, all the things that I have to do, all, ha- all I do is basically every time I get something like I have to do this, I have to do that, I pen it down. After penning it down, the second thing that I do is when I wake up in the morning, so I usually wake up like at 5.30, and when I wake up at 5.30 is the first thing or you can say the second thing that I would always do is exit for 10 to 15 minutes or 20 minutes and just close my eyes, not yoga, not meditation or something like that. I don't I don't do all those all those things. But what I'll do is basically sit there for, for 10, 20 minutes, just see what exactly are the things that I have to deliver. And after seeing what I have to deliver, what I'll do is I'll just in my mind, I'll try to compartmentalize my day. Instead of compartmentalizing other things, I'll just compartmentalize my day. And with that, what I'll do is simply I'll see, okay, these are the tasks which I, even if I'm not there, can be done by someone else. If that is true, what I'll do is I'll try to give it out to my team. I'll tell them, go out and do this work for, do this work. If you have any problem, connect back to me. Otherwise, let's, uh, let's give it to you and do it. So that's the first thing that I'll do. The second thing is those things which are there for me, which I have to necessarily do it. So again, I would not go out and I would not uh, stretch myself to the extent like if I have 10 tasks to do, I'll try to do all those 10 tasks together in one go. What I'll do is I'll basically prioritize my top three or top four tasks that I have to do. And then I'll figure out in during the day at what time exactly I'll go out and I'll do that. So maybe in the morning I have one task, in the afternoon I have another one, in the evening I have another one. So that way, what this is how I try to prioritize my work and this is how I go out and do my work. And that has been working pretty well. I mean, I, I never lose, uh, lose sight of anything which I have to deliver on time and everything. 
so that's something which is working nothing else that i do uh, the second question that you asked is basically how do i go out and uh, when you, when we when you look at entrepreneurs a lot of people try tend to do a lot of things that's true uh, as an entrepreneur what you have to do is basically you have to do a lot of things because yeah. you are basically running the whole show you're trying to do that basically so yeah understood but uh, what happens is slowly and steadily the uh, the way to go about is there are two things one is how much you are uh, going out and putting those tasks and giving it out to other people and the second is how you are embracing changes so a lot of people feel that if i started with one product what what i should also do is mm-hmm. i just stick to this product and i should continue till the end well that is something maybe that's that's good for some people but for most of the people this is not good why because right now maybe when whenever you are starting your entrepreneurial journey you don't even know whether this yep. product is going to work or not and just wholeheartedly just devoting everything to that even when it's not working because you'll feel that others have this thought process ki if, if if i don't do this they will feel that i've lost focus or he's just uh, going into too diff- too many things that's something that is that some that is something that i don't agree to i feel that once i've started something i'll take it to a point where i feel either that is something which has already grown and then i'll start something else otherwise in the process when if i realize that this is something that's already there in the market or that that is not going to bring me that value that i anticipated in the start i'll just put it uh, put it out and i'll just uh, leave it it's it's as simple as that that uh, my uh, what my love is for my love is for the work that i do the passion that i have for doing something the love is not about basically just sticking into something even if it's not working that's that's something which is where where i draw a fine line where like basically you go out and you do the work which is there your aim which is there to make let's say in my task make blockchain simple how do i do it not necessarily it should be only a course it should be it could be research it could be giving out people some different task testing mixing and maybe delivering the product that i want to at the end so that's how i see wonderful it. i mean uh, two very interesting points there uh, uh, showcased by ashwarya one is definitely uh, the prioritization of your work and making sure what needs to be delegated to the team and the tasks that you need to take on uh, head straight i think that's really important and the second point that you uh, spoke about um, you know in terms of uh, cutting out the noise uh you know not thinking about what others would feel about the kind of work that you're doing and focusing on your passion and making it work i think really really two gem of uh, points discussed here thank you so much for that ashwarya and moving ahead to i think uh, uh, in that same line uh when you enter a, a new segment or you try to do something new right the barriers to that uh, to that new stuff and uh, the barriers to entry sometimes are really high and uh, so i want to ask you uh, what went through your mind when you decided that blockchain is something that you are really passionate about and this is a segment that you would like to enter and grow into okay so honestly uh, for this i i'll not say blockchain was something in one mind in my mind or whether i i knew blockchain is going to be very big or something like that i was just a normal guy trying to find out something to do very good in the corporate i just thought that if i am able to bring in something very phenomenal to the company hmm. or add something very big value to the company what will happen is i would get a very good raise and i would be promoted very easily so that was something okay. that was going in my mind uh, reason being like i um, i qualified yeah. uh, as a chartered accountant multiple attempts so that was something that was ongoing in my mind i stumbled upon something one of the product that i was working on so one one of the things that i was working with the team 
So I stumbled upon one of the use cases of blockchain, which okay. was cross-border payments. So there, when I started learning about it, the aim was just to provide a good solution to the company. It was not to learn blockchain. It was not to get out into the blockchain or do something like that. No, that was not there. What was there in my mind was just to deliver a good product to the company. But then later on, when, when I started studying, the interest that I had in that subject was something mm. that I never knew I would have. But still, uh, it started happening. That then the second thing was like, let's go out and right. let's study more about it. But when you see from a perspective of a non non tech or a non uh, or a person who is completely not that code savvy, there was mm. no course available there. So that was something which drove me into uh, getting something out for the people who are into the non tech world, who are who are passionate or who want to do something in this blockchain world. And because what they do is they they generally go out and they generally do the courses. Uh, from Coursera or any such place and the po po problem that they have basically there is uh, they won't be able to understand because of the jargons and because of the stuff that is being used there to create that content. It's very good for people who are there in the tech world and I absolutely agree with that. But for non-tech people, it becomes a very difficult task. So that is what drove me into getting into blockchain. Then uh, I, uh, I I won't lie, I said I saw huge potential out there. Even today, like what happens is the amount of opportunities that you get. Sometimes I have to say, I'm sorry, I don't have time. Um, and this is something where you, you're getting a lot of work and everything. So that drove me into and a lot of people wanting to learn about blockchain, but they're not able to do it. So I saw the problem which was existing in the market, which is still there at large, which is still there. So that is something which I thought is something which I have to do in the market. I started with just basic courses. I, I, I think took like five, six live batches made it better for the people to understand. And after six batches, I stopped like iterating it or changing the videos, doing this, uh, different things so that it can, it can become more engaging or something like that. So that was there. Then slowly and steadily after I, I did that, I went into, I started working on research because I knew once you study the basics, okay, I got it. Now what to do? Because you have to create a whole trajectory. You, create, you have to create a whole career path. It's not that everyone is going to do what, uh, like start uh, from the scratch, dabble into a lot of work and then maybe come up with something. So that was something which was there in my mind. So I'm just trying to do that itself. So that is how I got into blockchain. Uh, thanks, Ashwarya. And that's that's very, uh, you know, you're, you're in a field where everybody is interested to know what is going on. Uh, I know we were chatting earlier and you spoke about being young and, you know, teaching the rest of the world, uh, teaching head honchos and corporates. Everybody wants to understand blockchain. And you did go through a bit of a uh, bit of a struggle, if I may say so, or a hustle, if I may call it initially. How did you overcome that barrier and how did you let your knowledge surpass all of these noise, you know, that, that you were facing? I mean, what I'll say here is, is it was not the small, but the biggest hustle for me. Uh, to make those people believe that okay, I'm a 27 year old, I'm a 28 old, uh, 28 year old guy, and I can I have the knowledge that I can help you with, and I can make you understand blockchain. The moment I would go out and would say let's let's take a session uh, uh, on blockchain, so the youngsters are very much enthusiastic about it. They want to they would want to come and learn about it. They would want to get into all those things. But the people who are like uh, who are at eminent places, like I remember a lot of them started when I started. A few of my even work colleagues were like, they made fun of me, like, uh, this is not something that you should be doing. You're too young for your uh, for the work that you're doing and all those things. And I said, the blockchain industry is also young. 
it's just like three years, four years down the line, which have which it has evolved. So I'm not late. I'm very much early. And this is something like the only thing that I did was I just maintained that consistency. So a lot of people would just get disheartened. It was to that height where we, where you get disheartened, basically a lot of people, senior people, I, I would literally see a lot of my senior professionals talking about blockchain, knowing nothing about it. And on the other hand, I would just be a listener because the moment I, I, I approach these people saying that, let me do it. They would like, sure you're too young for that. So that was there. That was a fair, fair game. I think maybe most probably because they felt that this is something that they should be handling and everything. But uh, ultimately the thing is that one, once you get that knowledge, once you get that, then you get that confidence in, into you that that would not be shaken very easily by anyone and everyone just coming in and saying, sure you're too young. So that was something which I worked on. I just keep kept on working on my knowledge as to how more I can learn today. Uh, I can, I can proudly say that I'm among those few people who, who could in the finance industry, who could understand blockchain and who are doing pretty well in the, in the industry. So that was there, but the more and more I got involved in the projects, the more and more people saw my work, the more and more they saw keep I'm being heard. A lot of people are following me and something like that. Most probably till today, I, I would say like 80% of that is gone where those people who used to say, Hey, you're just a 27 year old kid. But now what they see is they see someone who has the knowledge, who's, who's ready to connect one-on-one, -on -one, tell you what the solutions are. So today when I consult corporates also, sometimes they, they don't think about this, but yeah, the, there's still like 20% of them who are still of this thought process. I mean, I can just quote one example, which is like, uh, once I was giving like a very senior professional group, uh, the knowledge of blockchain and people would want to ask me questions, but they would, they were like, they would, I, I literally saw two, three people just change their names in for the sake of asking questions because they were like, how can I be someone with a 40 years plus experience asking a 27 year old guy? So that is still there in the society. And I think it's not just for blockchain it's for the whole society that I would say that people are like, why should I learn from someone who is a junior for me? But I like I, I most of the most of my learning is from people who are younger than me. I would I can proudly say that. I mean, some of the people are like 20 years, 21 years, 24 years. That's it. But that is something that is all about blockchain. You learn from people who have the knowledge. It's not about the age game. In fact, uh, uh, you know, it's it's so it's so interesting that you shared this experience. And just for the sake of our uh, listeners and, you know, you are in an industry which is booming. EdTech is has given so many opportunities in the last couple of years. And you're right. I think, you know, we all grew up with the mindset of a certain age group yeah. and education. And, uh, uh, you know, even when we were studying MBA, I think to be a visiting faculty or one of those goals were, you know, very far-fetched, you know, 10, 15 years experience, and then we'll do something. I don't think as young, you know, 20 something, one would aspire, but, you know, of course the, the industry is booming. There are people like you who are changing the game. There's so many people who would be very passionate about education in general. Do you have any, I don't know, do you have any core tips to give them, you know, did maybe, you know, would, would starting a channel that you can share, like you did a podcast or a YouTube channel, do things like these add as proof of concept for young entrepreneurs like you to, to gain that, that kind of confidence or to, you know, um, showcase your skills to other people in the industry. Do you have any such interesting tips if, if, you know, for the sake of our listeners, because I'm sure it's, it's an industry that everybody is interested in. Today. Mm. See, one thing that I have personally felt is a lot of people who want to go out and create content, they are waiting for perfection. They're waiting uh, so that they would get that one perfect video before they publish it. And that is where 90% of the people or 80% of the people are stuck. They are waiting for Fantastic. perfection. 
that is the biggest problem that is out there why because people are people have the talent people have the knowledge i mean i remember the first video that i made i would i was just like sleeping mm. uh, at night and in the morning i thought like let's make a video and i just wanted to make a video for mentoring people or how on how to learn english that that was my aim so i just got up i took a bath i, I did not have any apparatus or anything like that i just held my phone on uh, in, in your in your selfie mode and i was like just recording in front of that and i i don't remember the quality but i still remember uh, the numbness that i had in my mind and uh, i think i i i cannot explain that but it was like a, a a good amount of fear that was there how people will judge me or something like that but i said let's let's do it who's gonna who, people are gonna laugh that's it that's that's the max that can happen and it's okay i'm i'm fine with that that is that is the point which when when i made the first video it had no background no professional nothing professional at all but yeah that was my first try and from that i got a lot of confidence then yeah slowly and steadily the quality of videos got improved and everything but that is where you have to uh, understand that you have to start something just do it it does uh, nobody cares about you getting a bad video as long as your messages are clear if your messages are clear people will still listen to whatever video whatever pixels that you have it does not matter but start something fantastic fantastic yeah absolutely i i believe in that theory that you know getting done is way better than getting it perfect and i always say to myself you know you just got to press record just hit that button and just do it because at the end of the day your first video your first podcast your first you know instagram reel whatever you are creating will never be perfect and you will always judge yourself like i still judge myself when i put out any video or any content out i i am very critical as to what i am putting out but i think even in the early stages i was like that you know i'll i'll re record re record re record unless and until i find that sweet spot where i want to uh, uh, you know release something but now i have like gone past that stage and a lot of uh, the entrepreneurs and young creators are still stuck where they feel that oh this is not good enough for the internet but i think you know you have to f- uh, figure a way around it and just uh, release that content that you have in your mind so uh, lovely you know i think that's a, a a pro tip there guys so definitely if you have anything in your mind go record it release it tag ashwarya tag us and you tell us that this is what you did and you did it after Absolutely. listening to this podcast we would love to reshare whatever you shared on the internet right so we would love Absolutely. that okay i mean i would also love it i would share it on my my channels and everything wherever i can i would love you all to do that wonderful you get free press you get free marketing points from us so do that guys uh, we would love to see the kind of content you were thinking of in your mind and you have released it after watching this podcast we would love to see that uh, moving ahead uh, you know you spoke about uh, how uh, in organizations now people are slowly opening up to uh, blockchain they're opening up to cryptocurrencies and you have seen the rise of polygonmatic and in fact you know evi now has entered the game and they have uh, now incorporated they are planning to uh, tap into the polygon uh for their better ethereum solutions right for their scalability now even evi is into the game so you have seen uh the polygon the rise of polygon you have closely monitored it in the earlier days uh what do you think are the next polygons uh from the indian uh, blockchain space i mean a lot of projects have started to come into the picture uh one of the project that i basically love is also uniland u n i l e n d uniland 
it's a platform for decentralized finance so for example you want to take out loans uh, against crypto you want to give out loans you want to lend your cryptos for certain amount of interest so that is something that i personally love as a project again polygon is also something which is the, which you have not missed the bus i would still say that uh, there is a star here basically i might have uh, by the time uh, uh, we go live or we publish this we might have some i might be directly connected with polygon so but yeah i still feel that this project is yet to take a lot more on into it a lot more things are going to be built on it and that's so still it's not something which is a bus missed both these projects are something which in india i feel personally are something which are good there are like a lot of projects but these are the two which i still love and i which, which i still feel that this is something which is going to be very big in the future fantastic fantastic and do you think uh, you know and of course like we've whatever we know of of blockchain and what we've understood from you also from you know your content and conversations uh, are there are there policies you know which are roadblock is 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 the infrastructure okay for now if you had what are your thoughts there and if you had any suggestions uh, that you could make to the government of india to the goi what would what would those be okay so again two questions the first is as per the infrastructure and the environment see indian indian ecosystem has been something which have, which which was very good in 2017 18 i would say uh, we were uh, we were just uh, trying to be the front runners of everything we had exchanges who were, who were going to be the top 10 and everything and the regulations came in and stifled all those things so that was something where all those growth and innovation went on took a took a down downhill because most of the developers and most of the people who were involved in it they thought what if tomorrow again the same thing happens and again we devote two three years so this is again one of the fear that a lot of people right now have in their mind so even if they want to go out and build for india they don't they don't have they don't have that trust uh, that most probably later on if something happens to the uh, and the indian government comes out with something uh, what will they do so that is one fear that people have in their mind which is uh, which is not letting the ecosystem grow that much that it should but uh, on the other side i am seeing that a lot of uh, film stars a lot of uh, for a lot of people a lot of celebrities are endorsing cryptocurrencies today maybe they are paid partnerships but again they they are discussing about it they are talking about it which means that it has gone mainstream so yes i would say that infrastructure will build up but as soon as we get more regulatory clarity this would be something which would give a really very big boost uh there are um, i mean on the regulatory side i do interact with a lot of people from from the ministry from the uh, from uh, our bank which is rbi uh, the central bank and the mix, there are, there are basically a lot of mixed emotions there a lot of people think that uh, their complete uh, cryptocurrencies or blockchain is something which is useless i mean they would say blockchain is better but cryptocurrency is not while they don't realize that they both are very much interrelated to each other and this is something that people don't understand ey is also the collaboration that ey went ahead and did that was just a proof that it's not about just the pricing of the cryptocurrency but it's about the product that you're building so this is something which is there so one thing that i would love the government to do is bring out a policy let it go out and when you are bringing out that policy just consult the people who are there in the industry last time in 2018 when this bill and everything that got introduced or the bill that was proposed to be introduced that was like completely not at all discussed with the industry at all and it was like it had so so stringent rules and regulations that would stifle the whole growth of the industry altogether now that is something that we would not want why because technologically though our payment systems are very good i would say the fintechs have done absolutely amazing there but there are a lot of things that you have to still do 
and i and because of that i think once the regulation until and unless the regulations are not clear most of these companies are registering themselves in singapore so you can say that these are being run by indians but they are not indian companies at all so once you go out you consult the people that are out there who are working into the industry who have an experience not those people who just are because just are in the ministry or just around you because they are a part of your uh, government or they are a part of uh, whatever but don't do that try to get into those people or try to understand it from those people who have the knowledge who have the understanding as to what this this industry is and then create a regulation maybe if you are too uh, if there is too much fear that they can uh, cryptocurrencies or blockchain are not that good try to create sandboxes let those sandboxes run for 6 months 10 months see their growth see how they can impl- implement or how they can improve the overall infrastructure of india and then take a call instead of just listening to 10 people or 12 people just who are there around you and what they think about it 99% of the people have literally no understanding about how these things work and then taking an advice from someone who is not having the knowledge is something i would personally uh, not want the government to do so just that's that's one suggestion and second is whenever you are making the regulations just bring out those regulations because the more we are waiting the more other countries are developing because they are not stopping and here a lot of talent which is out there they are, they are just waiting for that regulation to come in and no matter what it is let let just bring it out so that people can understand it and also i would urge them uh, urge the government not to get too much stringent on these laws because that would completely uh, again uh, derail the whole industry that is again picking up in india so i think that's the advice fantastic that's that's really nice and uh, i see that whether it's posting your first video on instagram or youtube or going going live with a policy i think i think that get out with it and you know let let people digest that is uh, is your mantra which is fantastic and absolutely agree with you in terms of creating a body of knowledge experts when you know you're working on these policies because uh, in general the knowledge about about blockchain or cryptocurrency across board is is very very low uh, but i'm sure for all those listening in which includes me we have so much to learn from you and uh, we'll surely follow you and take all all the notes and Uh, everything that we can learn on blockchain and crypto i think you're absolutely the perfect person so so nice to have interacted with you today ashwarya it's it's been a really nice chat for sure for sure and uh, guys will definitely put all the links that you need to go and follow uh, of ashwarya his linkedin profile his youtube channel will put the links in the show notes below so go and check them out go follow him and if you have any questions regarding blockchain cryptocurrency or you know how much play money you need to have Uh, for crypto go ask him and uh, he's the he's the guy for you and yeah i mean you can reach out to us as well uh, and we'll help you get those questions answered so with that uh, it has been a lovely chat uh, ashwarya and uh, we will, we would love to have you again on the show in the future to discuss more about yeah. cryptocurrency and if there are any uh, more advancements where you you are uh, going to be our go to guy so thank you so much for being on the hustle lounge today uh, we have uh, had a lovely chat thank you Thank you so much for hosting me. It was lovely talking to you all. Thank you. So thank you all for tuning in today. Uh, please do reach out to us at hustle lounge at the rate sociallydesi dot com for any suggestions, feedback, and collaborations that you may have in mind. See you next Tuesday and keep hustling.